Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Well, Jordan, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, I had a couple of drinks before we started at the Fat Burger that has a bar. Wait a minute. As they say, as they say on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, stop the presses. My panini can wait. It's my favorite joke in history. Oh now. man, that is great. <laughs> I told my wife that I would divorce her for whoever wrote that joke if oh. I ever came to find out and had the opportunity to marry them. Well, good. She's on notice then. <laughs> okay, you well, don't want to blindside her with things like that. No, I want to give her a heads up that she's that she's good but not that good her, enough. That her days are numbered. Good, very good, but not as good as she could be. Sure. I don't want her to think that she that it's all like she is a stand up triple. Mm-hmm. But a home run is the person who wrote the joke. Stop the presses. My panini can wait. <laughs> what if you're prepared to go all the way if it's a man? Yeah. The gay marriage is totally legal now. Yeah, that's true. All SD for a joke like that. <laughs> for a joke like that, Jordan, in a heartbeat, I would SD. It's, you know, that's reasonable. And, you know, whether I would. Yeah, where would I draw the line? That's an interesting question that you didn't exactly ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I would S a D mm-hmm. and do hand stuff. Yeah, but not full penetration. You you won't. Will you? Is that? Are you referring to being penetrated or penetrating? Either way, I wouldn't do either one of those. I wouldn't do either one because it's not. It doesn't appeal to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That joke is really great. Sure. So if it turns out that it was Robert Carlock or whomever <clears throat> that wrote that joke and not Alison Silverman or I only know of the names of a few writers mm-hmm. on this show, then I would say, you know, if you want to get married and you want to fool around, I'll fool around some. You know? And fooling around doesn't have to be everything, but, you know, different couples have different kinds of intimacy. Sure. You know, the, he and I would have the intimacy of he wrote the joke that I laughed at the most ever. Mm-hmm. And then he gets his DS'd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll probably his, uh, his ball and taint region would receive some nice uh, bonus beard stimulation. I feel like we need to explain to our guest, uh, who, by the way, is Bill Corbett, one of the stars of Rift Tracks and, uh, of, of course, one of the stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, a television and uh, broadcast writer of some renown, a film writer of uh, some renown, a uh, uh, comic book author recently. Uh, Bill, just so you know. Yes. Welcome to the show, first Thanks, of all. guys. Just so you know, uh, we we will say suck a dick on the show. <laughs> I'm so relieved. I Is wa- that what S-A-D means? Yeah, that's what okay. S-A-D means. But we thought, <laughs> I thought it would be more fun to say S-A-D. It's yeah. more. It's more now. It's more hip. It's more internety. It has a certain bouncy quality. Sure, it, like. it denotes marriage a little more too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to let the kids know what you and the no. wife are getting up to. Right. Or you and the husband. Sure. Or you and the husband. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crucial to this conversation. So you know, you say, "Hey, honey, S my D," and she'll say, "As long as you e right my j- e my B B box." Oh, 
<laughs> okay. I call vaginas boxes. <laughs> gotcha. That yeah. seems very 1950s to me. <laughs> this is fun. This is the kind of fun we have on this show. Um, I'm in the middle of it, and I like it. Okay. But I was always saying, I, uh, whenever I drive here, I take I take Wilshire. Right. If you're if you're local, look. You're Wilshire's a legendary. Not even a street, a boulevard. Sure. Yeah. It stretches from one end of Los Angeles to the other. From it's one of the great urban, well, boulevards. Yeah, sure. It's not effing around. <laughs> I would let it S my D. <laughs> yeah, because of its majesty. Sure. And its convenience. I call it W Boulevard, though, sure. out of respect. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I take Wilshire down here. And uh, every time, and sometimes when I'm, when I'm early, you know, I'll stop somewhere. I'll stop and uh, have a have a coffee. Right. Have an iced tea. Sure. Maybe a snack. And I've Snapple. been. I've it's, have a having a Snapple. Maybe a Fruitopia. Wow! If you can get your hands on one. Oh yeah, there's a uh, yeah, there's a there's a little liquor store. They've got some in the back. Right next to the Crystal Pepsi. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You want discontinued beverage? Come with me. Yes. <laughs> the land of extinct beverages. Like... I like to imagine that this guy, he doesn't just, he, it's not that he has a stash of them. It's he's got a couple cases worth of bottles and he's making them in the back and refilling the bottles. Mm. So there's a deposit on the bottle. Sure. Because the bottle's got the branding. That's what's central. He oh, tried so you selling think... them with handmade branding, but it didn't work out. So you think maybe when I... When I lay down my thirty-five bucks for what I think is a vintage Fruitopia, right. I'm just getting a refilled Fruitopia bottle that has Arizona iced tea in it. No, no, he's making Fruitopia. In the oh, okay. just a little water and sh- food coloring and sugar and <laughs> yeah. And I hear it's the package. I hear the stills explode though. <laughs> a lot of Fruitopia fires. <laughs> Well, the real thing you got to do is keep it away from Boss Hog. Yeah, right, sure. and the revenueers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so you're driving down so, legendarily potholed boulevard. Yes. Wilshire. Uh, and and I have been meaning to stop because there is a fat burger that has alcohol. Now, fat burger is also a, it's a local chain. Sure. Uh, mostly in Southern California. I think there are some other places. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I think, I think West Coast. Mm-hmm. Fa- it's famous for... Putting an egg on your burger? Uh, is that right? I don't know. I think it's famous for being called Fat Burger. Okay. Mostly I re- that, yeah. I yeah. remember in college or something like that, someone telling me, oh, you got to have a Fat Burger. And in contrast to it, when somebody says you got to have an In-N-Out Burger and then you eat it, you're like, oh, I get this. This is really good. Yeah. Sure. I ate a Fat Burger and I was like, this is like a McDonald's burger. This yeah. sucks. Here's yeah. the thing. That's, I also, I feel about that way. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't like fat burger. I think right. there are some fat burger partisans, and if they want to eat there, I'm happy to accompany them. It's... I wish them the best. Sure. I do not. <laughs> right. You hope they die. They Bill... can S my D. <laughs> Quite thoroughly. <laughs> They'll only eat at five guys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they can I S only your D eat as... five guys. They can S your D as long as they crack an egg on it. Right, first. right. As long as there's right. a fried egg on top. Uh, I have no interest in going to fat burger unless someone else... Because there are people who feel passionately about it. Sure. Uh, Snoop Doggy Dog, I believe, is a fat burger partisan. There famously. you go. Uh, that may also be a lie that I just told, but yeah. I think it's true. <laughs> I, I don't get it. They're not like you say. They're basically they're nothing parties. special. Yeah, there's, right. Exactly. It's a there's one. There's another thing that I can't remember the name of uh, near here. 
that always has a huge line out of it. And when I used to live in this neighborhood, my wife and I, early in our moving to Los Angeles, went to it. And they're famous for putting chili on a burger. Oh, sure. And I went there and I ate it and it was it was worse than a Burger King. Yeah. I was like, what is, why have people been, what is this line outside for? This is horrible. There's a, is, yeah. Is this Tom's? Um, no, Something that like doesn't that. sound right. Yeah. Anyway. Not Tom's, but anyway, continue. Uh, anyway, don't care about Fat Burger, but for some reason, it's a pilot project or something like that, <laughs> to where there's a Fat Burger on Wiltshire that has booze at it. Wow. And I, every time I drive by it, I, 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 I feel like I get wide-eyed like an owl looking at this fat burger that has a bar at it, and I don't know why. It's just I guess it's the weird novelty of being able to have a drink in a place you wouldn't normally have a drink. Like with if a there shitty were, burger. Yeah, with, with a terrible a burger. Yeah. Uh, a C- burger. <laughs> uh, B-. Minus, eh, C+. Plus. I'm going to go C+. Plus. It's a C+, C plus plus seems about right. I yeah. think that's fair. I think C+, plus is fair. It'd be like, yeah, if there was a like laundromat where you could smoke pot. Right, like, yeah. I don't necessarily want to do that at a laundromat, but because they're letting me, I want Absolutely. to. Absolutely. So yeah. I, uh, I finally did it. Beer I, and wine, uh, and and liquor. Wait, wow! They full bar, full bar. They will make you a mixed drink, premium brands at the Fat Burger. You could get Grey Goose. You can get top shelf stuff. <laughs> yes, but you have to have an egg in your Grey Goose. <laughs> yes, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it, mandatory right. egg in every drink. Yeah, and you have to put your hands behind your back and take the shot out of a bowl of chili. <laughs> Do they muddle anything at the Fat Burger? Uh, I just had uh, I just had a vodka and soda, right? Uh, which is what you want when you go to a Fat Burger, right? I bet you they would muddle something. Really? Yeah. Now I would like to go to a Fat Burger that is the kind of the one kind of bar which I like as a non-drinker. I like the kind of bar where the bartender pours gummy bears in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> a G bar. Yeah. A GBB. <laughs> I like a bar, I like a mixology bar, like the kind where they wear sleeve garters, Mm -hmm. and they get super complicated because it is the only bar that you can go to as a non-drinker, and you can go up and you can, if you have the right attitude, you can go to them and just say, hey, I don't drink, mix some shit up for me. Mm. Yeah. And they'll go, and they're excited about it. They're like, what do you want? Do you want something sour? Do you want da 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 And I'm like, surprise me. And they go, whip, 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 muddle some shit. There's no muddling. I, I like a muddled thing. Sure. Uh, well, there's no muddle. If I go, to the, if I go to, to the liquor store, there's plenty of non-alcoholic beverage choices, but none of them involve muddling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what have you gotten in this? Because I'm a non-drinker, too, of a couple of years, and this is an issue for me. Yeah. Do I just need to check out, look, look for sleeve garters, and if they're yeah. not there, just walk out the door? That's what you need. If there's no – if it doesn't have, you know, a white-tiled floor right. Art or Deco bar furnishings. <laughs> yeah. Like you want something – you want something where they're really making a point out of their ingredients. Yeah. You know what I mean? The uh, artisanal bitters, yeah, mixed that's with- exactly. You don't just want the place that that's famous for making a great Manhattan. You want something where they're famous for making something out of uh, like licorice root. <laughs> you want the somebody, yeah, the Jimmy or yeah. the Stanley or something like that. It's usually right. the and a guy's name, typically. Yeah, yeah. Um, or so like yeah. the 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 Silver Fox. Right. Can you make me a virgin silver fox? Sure. A virgin silver fox. Oh, uh... He lived all that time and he never got laid. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Have either of you thought about doing... 
<laughs> Have either of you thought about doing home muddling? Um. I've tried it. It usually winds up some gross glop of some sort, yeah. but um, I don't really have a facility for mixology. You know, our, you were recently on the Let's Drink About It podcast mm-hmm. uh, with our friends Chris and Ben. Sure. And Ben used to own, uh, used to co-own a bitters company called Hella Bitter, and it was great. Great product had a great label with Ben doing what we in the Bay Area call a fizz face, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they made a variety of. Uh, of bitters other than Angostura bitters, which are the main kind mm-hmm. that you get, which is like a root or something. I can't remember exactly, or an herb. Um, and uh, so a citrus bitter is great, not just in a seltzer, which is a great place to put a dash mm-hmm. of bitters, mm-hmm. uh, but also I found that citrus bitters were a really nice complement to Dr. Pepper. I bet. Really improved uh, uh, Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I mean, well, the South has all their famous lemon and lime Dr. Peppers. It seems like that's a, this is your high-end version of that. There you go. It makes it fragrant and uh, gives it a <clears throat> flavor depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just adding some bitters, like my backup order at a bar, if it's not the kind where they're muddling things, is I, I will just ask them to give me club soda and bitters. Uh, this, I, this did not disappoint. Drinking at a fat burger was yeah. really fun. I got uh, deep fried green beans. Okay. Just wow. nomin on those. Having my vodka and soda. It was great. Did you Ooh. just have the one drink? I had a drink and a half. A half? Yeah. What I ordered the other half? How did that Well, come I to ordered pass? a second drink, and then I was self conscious that I would be too drunk for the podcast. <laughs> so a little I, disappointed. I excused, my, I excused myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fair. You, yeah. had a, you had a base of fried green beans there. I did. I think, yeah, yeah. What's, what's the atmosphere like? Uh yeah, I mean I think uh, the af- best, oh, just the best. Yeah, a lot of never uh, been happier. A lot of Wall Street types. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, a lot of dudes watching the game. Mm-hmm. Oh. There for the game, and that is the one and only Fat Burger doing that. I think you know? so. If there's another one, uh, I'm I'm curious. Is it bar like or Fat Burger like? <laughs> so it's divided up into two sections. Okay. One section. Fat burger. Or is it some stitched together freak? <laughs> yes, it's a Frankenstein of ex- bar and casual eatery. Because there's not like table service at a fat burger. It's like a walk up to the counter. Right. Like it's, a, it's, yeah. It's half food. Place. It's half and half. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you, if you want just the fat burger experience, you got it. But if you want, but if you enter the, you know, through a little archway, you're in a hip happening sports bar wow. with a lot of winners. Well, what, what sports bar? That was a. What, what sports bar isn't hip, Jordan? Sure, and full of winners. Yeah, both. The both those things are true of every sports yeah, bar. Yeah. They are hip and full of winners. <laughs> that sounds like a fun experience. It was a lot and of fun. I, I like the way you put it as a pilot project. You gave it a dignity. I think they would probably appreciate. Sure. Yeah. Were there any drink specials? Oh, I didn't notice. I should have. I I would love it if they had like Fat Burger signature cocktails. What the little chubby. <laughs> Daddy's gunt. <laughs> Things like that. Things that kind of uh, kind of go along with the theme of fatness. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatier, host of Rendered. It's a show about making meaning and breaking rules. 
We're answering important questions like, can you build a spacesuit in your living room? I went to my brother's place in Beaverton, and um, he has a swimming pool, and I pressurized the suit and sat down there underwater for about 10 minutes. The thing that I had built was supporting my life. That felt really good. What does it sound like when you play a polka record through a styrofoam cup? And what happens when an airport carpet gains a cult following? Oh my goodness, the carpet has an Instagram. Check out Rendered now at MaximumFun.org or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's <clears throat> Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bill, that's your cue. Oh, Bill Corbett, uh, inarticulate guest. <laughs> there you go. I like that one. Yeah. Bill, how are things going for you? How, is, how are riff tracks going? They are going well. We are doing four live shows this year that are broadcast through Fathom Events in the movie theaters. Oh, this is like, uh, it, that is, um, if I'm remembering correctly... It's a Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> the, op- the opera. The Metropolitan Opera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah. And Riff Tracks. <laughs> well, yeah. And they're, the, the, they have this um, drum competition, too. That is, it's it's like... Um, like a drumline thing? Yeah. Like that a- is, whoops. That is exactly what it is. And uh, that was pretty popular, I think, for a while. Um, and I think Glenn Beck for a while was doing. Oh, he was doing weird like town halls. plays and stuff like <laughs> plays. Well, well, he was doing like this cornball thing about Christmas, like his mama's Christmas shoes or something. Or okay, or maybe I'm mixing that up with. Well, the, I mean, there is the song, a war but... on Christmas. Oh yeah, I mean, we're in the kind of the middle of the year now, so it's you know it's latent, but it's. I mean, it's still raging. It is ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, and vicious. Most wars slow down when the weather gets cold because it's hard to get supplies to the front. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. But the war on Christmas actually peaks then. Sure. It does. It's a bit of counter-programming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it's mostly us and the Metropolitan Opera. I have right? a, I, I like to attend these regularly. Oh, thank you. And and I've the, been to... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Met. Oh, no, I'm talking about Glenn Beck's Town Halls. Oh, gotcha. Anyways, Glenn uh, Beck. Isn't it weird we? Tosca. Isn't it weird we still haven't seen that birth certificate, guys? I mean, really. Uh, it's messing with my head. Do you guys <laughs> feel like Glenn Beck at his heart is a song and dance man? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Like Mandy Patinkin. You know, I have the weirdest admiration, like just that little percentage for his kind of skills, for his medicine man well, skills. Well, he's like a showman. Yeah, exactly he, right. He cries, he does puppets, he does... He does. He's like Ross Perot. He would like remember, eat a squirrel, a live squirrel for you if you asked him. <laughs> you know, just... Remember I'll in, pay you, do it. Remember in like 1996 or whatever the last time, by that point, Ross Perot was like, he had gone from like charts to just like... Yeah, put on a little puppet show for right. you. Show you about the deficit. <laughs> sure. And he was sort of slipping into slight dementia, too, yeah. at the same time. It was great. He's like, now, now let's, let's talk about rockets. <laughs> Got one right here. It's tiny. <laughs> and he's like, this is a presidential debate, Ross Perot. Yeah. 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 That, that's how some, I feel I brought about some colored paper clips. I'm going to make them into figures. This is the deficit. Like, I feel like I, I It's easier to put a hat he's... on a dog if you affix a strap. <laughs> what? <laughs> I enjoy that he's putting on a show, and I like that he's friends with our friend Andrew W.K. and has Andrew W.K. on, I oh, think, Oh, that's regularly. right. Glenn Beck has yeah. Andrew W.K. on? Yeah, well, because Andrew W.K. is a showman. That is hilarious. Andrew W.K. is a heartfelt 
showman. Andrew, just like Glenn Beck. Andrew is writing some really great columns for the Village Voice yeah, these he's days. Wonderful. They're awesome. He really is. Yeah, that guy's got the heart of a lion. Anyway, sorry, Glenn Beck aside, you've been attending. I've been Drastory. I've been to these, and I've yeah. been to a lot of nerd shit in my day. Yeah, and I've never had that feeling of community that people talk about when they go to a you know a Comic Con or a Ren Fair or something like that. I like going to these things, but. It always feels like I'm a little bit on the outside. and But when I'm at one of these Rift Tracks things, I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> well, you leave the the Boba Fett costume at home. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I put on my slightly classier Abominable Snowman costume. <laughs> the one from the Rankin-Bass. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Classic. Yeah. My, uh, my son, <clears throat> Simon, hates that Abominable Snowman. It's scary. It's I've legit talk- scary. I've been talking to him about how that snowman becomes their friend. Since December 10th. He's not buying it, huh? Uh, he is he is of deep ambivalences about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Deep. He says, Daddy, that monster from the reindeer movie, he's their friend. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. <laughs> What happens after the cameras stop rolling? <laughs> he seems like he has problems. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, the those Rift Track live shows are so much. Well, fun. thank They're you. Just Jordan. a blast. Um, Thanks. What are you doing this year? We are doing um, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Finally, oh, wow. yeah. Um, that's that's you got. That's a lot of pressure. Well, you know, expectation. In some ways, yeah, because it really doesn't need our jabbering to make it. You know, funny. You can just go, look at this. <clears throat> look at that, that guy. Listen look- to that. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing that. And uh, we are doing Sharknado, too. I was telling Jordan sure. earlier, I feel a little ambivalent about that one because it's sort of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, we from time to time, will do a Sharknado goof on at midnight. And, and I think everyone's like, yeah, I mean, this is fun to laugh at. But also, we're playing right into their claws. Oh, yes. Their, their grubby... Low budget clause, right, right. Um, so yeah. Anyways, but uh, you know, it's fun. And we're doing um, something called Miami Connection. You guys ever heard of this? It's uh, it was done in the eighties, and it's basically this weird thing about a school of taekwondo slash rock and roll band, and how they fight the uh, the rival band slash martial arts group. <laughs> what do the, the other ones do? Jujitsu. Yeah, something something not as American as Taekwondo. Sure, yeah. Sure, not a classic. Yeah. American. A classic American Taekwondo. fighting style. That is a good mall martial art. <laughs> Damn it. You do your Taekwondo, you get an Orange Julius. That's now, right. And you about... pray to Jesus. And you go home and do a little bit of homework and then, yeah. yeah. I want to talk to you about the deficit. I want to talk to you about <laughs> Taekwondo. <laughs> Watch me bust this brick with my head. <laughs> Um, I believe he could do it. I bet I bet he could, too. I'm 73 years old. Got rich in the oil industry. Know how to run a business. No taekwondo. <laughs> I remember my mom voting for Ross Perot, and I'm wondering if I should be embarrassed about that. <laughs> I, I voted for Ross Perot in the sixth grade election. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, my wife uh, voted for Jesse Ventura when she was younger in the in the Minnesota governor election. Oh, wow. And I intend to vote for him in the Minnesota governor <laughs> election when I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm voting for him in the best former cast member of Predator competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's a pretty tight competition. Yeah. Um, now, something that I really liked when I saw you guys do Starship Troopers, uh-huh. which it was amazing that they let you guys do that. Although yeah. I guess if you 
pony up the money, they'll just let you do it. I that guess. was sort of the theory there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> People like they, to be paid. What are those negotiations like? Like, do you have to give the lawyers at Rift Tracks Incorporated a list of twelve movies? And they just go see who hasn't heard of Rift Tracks and thus gives you an appropriately low. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a weird sort of approach, avoid a, you know thing to the studios, and mostly they don't want us to do their stuff, right? Because there's there's kind of nothing in it for them. For the most part, we can't give them enough money to make it any worth anybody's while. But I every mean, now to be and then, fair, they're going to get ten thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah, ten, you know, in that ten dollars in that zone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, and and they're worried about their relationships with people who are in the movie. Like, it's it's really it's you don't right. want to upset Casper Van Dien. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he will crush you, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just rife with paranoia, and there are, you know, as you know, just just battalions of lawyers in sure. between. But every now and then, someone there just sort of gets through the cracks. And I think now that we have a relationship with Sony, they're kind of clearing out some of their old catalog, and going, "Oh, it doesn't hurt. We made a little bank, so what the hell, you know." Casper Van Dien can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> and you guys can just you, – you find out what studio you have a good relationship with. You tap into their mainframe. You just, you just type in beep, BMX beep, boop, and boop, see boop. what comes back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, I'm, legit, I'm legit scared of BMX. I hear the next Spider-Man movie is going straight to Rift Tracks. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, we're just going to let you make fun of it. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they keep that option on the Spider-Man property. Right, yeah. You just make a shitty one, let Rift Tracks make fun of it, and then uh, oh man, he well, can't be in the Avengers. Starship Troopers was weird because we had a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know what? It is a great Movie. People will tell you that about Starship Troopers. Yeah. Starship Troopers and Lick Placid. (laughs) Two movies people will insist are. Well, it is one of those things where, yeah, there are some funny bits in it. Like, they're intended to be funny. I think that is a different thing than funny. Um, But mostly, no. It's kind of just ham-handed Nazi imagery. And it's like, it's really subtle, though. You know, like, because they become the totalitarians at the end. It's like, it is not subtle in the least. They are jackbooted. I feel like I I picked up on that when I was 13 seeing the movie. So it was not subtle. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris as the, you know... Right as the commandant. (laughs) Right as the psychic Nazi. Right, the psychic bug-hating Nazi. I saw Starship Troopers... This is a a very apt context in which I saw Starship Troopers backstage at the San Francisco Opera. Oh, wow. How did that happen? In high school, I worked as an apprentice to the stage electrician of uh, the War Memorial Performing Arts Center in San Francisco, which is the Herbst Theater, the, the symphony, and the opera. Yeah. And so I would hang out backstage and just help out the techs with whatever they needed. I was getting paid my $8 an hour, you know? From the city, it was like a jobs, teen jobs program. <laughs> and uh, and I had the sweetest gig of all, of them all because I got to hang out in these weird places with these weird – and the op- backstage at the opera is a trip because you got a couple different kind of people. Number one, you got just straight union guys who are just union guys and they just want a union gig. They got a union. Right. But mostly it's either like people who are super into the opera and that's why they do it. So that's right. like us. Thirty percent of the people that work backstage at the opera are super into opera. They're that is a, a heady mix. It like is longshoremen and opera fans. Then there's this other group of people who are like uh, you know mercenary stage technicians, and they work at the opera for the money, and then they do something else the rest of the year. Like I, there was a dude who worked at the opera with me, and his job was 
He worked at the opera during the opera season, which is like three months a year, four months a year, something like that. And he worked at March Madness as a parabolic microphone operator. He made, in during the month of March, every year, he made $50,000 as a parabolic microphone operator because he is, there's only like four people in that union and he got overtime for all of the extra games. I just want to hear you say parabolic again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the guy that points the mic at the guy who's going, Ugh, right. at any given moment. And, uh, and then the rest of the year, he just lived on a ranch in Calistoga or something. Wow. Yeah, and that was man was Casper Van Dien. <laughs> He's like, someday I'm going to be in a bug movie. Ah, you're crazy, old man. You'll never be in a bug movie. But, you know, most of the— As long as I got my parabolic, I'm going <laughs> to— Most of the stage people, they would just sit in the back and watch Starship Troopers during the— So, like, Carmen would be going Wow. On, and all this—there would be, like, 20 people huddled in the stage electrician's room watching on one of those TV VCR combos yeah. Starship Troopers. Starship Hooters, they called it. Oh, uh, well, this is something I wanted to bring up. Uh, Starship Troopers uh, was a very important pre-internet movie because it had a lot of jugs in it. Yeah. Right. And uh, very exciting for a, for a 13-year-old. Um, when the jugs come up, or the, <laughs> I'm sorry, the yabos. <laughs> Thank sorry. you. Uh, Little dignity. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, raise the ire of Jezebel.com. The yabos. Right. The yabos. That's uh, you guys cut away from that and cut to some sort of birthday ape. <laughs> yeah. Am I saying it's birthday ape correct? I think it's as good as anything. Uh-huh. Uh, party, you know, apogram, gorilla gram. Uh-huh. Um, you can call it what you want. I'm cool with that. Sure. Yeah, it was weird. We, we, we were sort of beholden to keep it PG, at, at least for that show. And that we no longer are. We're going to show full vaginas in our next show even <laughs> yeah. though they're not in the movie you guys are going to show your vaginas yeah, we're fine. you don't even show your it's, faces it yeah. is time to show the world <laughs> what we got going there um, but yeah we had to find some creative way and I don't know the, what the way we came up with was particularly creative yeah. it was it was fairly annoying to the people who wanted to see the the yabos yeah yeah right. you mentioned that there were you got some blowback because you cut to the ape yeah, we had yeah it, the 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 very corny joke was mm-hmm. that just at the moment of anticipated nudity, you know, somebody sent a gorilla gram on stage to us, so we sort of blocked it with balloons and with low camera angles. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of guys like, "What the fuck, man? That's what's one of the things they come to Starship Troopers for is the yabos, <laughs> Mister just, just Starship Troopers purists." Yeah. And, uh, and why were you making fun of it the whole time? <laughs> right. What's going on? <laughs> there is something to be said for a dumb movie where the nudity is, as I remember, I mean, look, I was 17 when I was mm-hmm. 16 when I saw the movie. But there's, like, gleeful nudity in a dumb movie appeals to me. Like, sure. my overall feeling is, like, I don't know, if I want to, like, be titillated, there's things that are specifically for titillation. Right. Like so, maybe it should be important. I but think, but if it's like excessive and gleeful, it's kind of fun. I think you're onto something. It actually is like it's a co it's a co-ed shower scene sure. where all the soldiers in the, are in the future, and they're just the... like giving each other shit, and nobody or nobody's really making a big deal of it. And I think that is a utopian vision of a lot of Starship sure. Troopers fans. Free yabos in sure. the course of daily duties. Yeah, and it will all be foxy. Yeah, no non-foxy people. Yeah, Carrie Allowed Russell in the, the Yabo. Is that who? Room. Carrie Russell is she? Was that her? Jugs? No. Who am I thinking of? Um. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Russell out. Peters. 
Yeah. <laughs> Russell Peters. <laughs> um, Superstar <laughs> Canadian comedian. <laughs> Russell Fantastic breasts. Be, they're, they're nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm – so. So you guys are doing The Room, which yeah. has uh, less appealing nudity. Oh, it has the worst nudity ever, sure. I think. Uh, and it's only about four minutes into the movie. Tommy Wiseau and his his bride in the movie mm-hmm. go uh, retire upstairs, and they actually light all the candles. It just looks like, you know, Skinamax <laughs> standard softcore stuff. And it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty corny bad sex scene but then he gets out of bed and you see his you know his bare hiney sure um, and it's a little shocking that early it's a shocking sight anytime because yeah. he looks like a piece of beef jerky walking <laughs> around it's like why did you why did we have to see you I guess the first time I saw it I felt two ways like I wanting to laugh at this man's odd right. body and then being worried that he had been in a war and that's why he was like that like that's why he's, he was so malformed was that maybe he had stepped on a landmine yeah it could be yeah, yeah. it might just be that he was a medieval witch sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they burnt him. He survived the burning. Yeah, thanks to being he a was witch. Put cursed, a hex on everyone. Cursed sure. to live forever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made a lot of money off it, though. Yeah, he yeah. Produced movies. I- I've never seen The Room. I don't think I want to watch it, though. No. I, mean, I think you should. If you see it, if you see it in a in a theater where people are doing the jokes, or if you see it with riff tracks. That's a fun way to do it. I imagine watching it alone at home or just, you know, with one or two people is probably You'd be a pretty frightened. You would dire be like your son with slog. the abominable snowman. I think But if I it's like, a party with people who get it, you know? I like uh I, I like good movies. Oh, I don't okay. want to see. All right. Bad no, well, movie. Noah Bombox got a new one. <laughs> I would, I but I do enjoy. <laughs> he does, and it's lovely, very meditative. It's it's funny and a, and a, and a meditation on growing older. Anyways, continue. Do you see his his beef jerky ass? Though? Oh fucking Noah Baumbach! Uh, his always puts himself been through puts a war. His butt in his movies. Yeah, it's does weird he? because he's a, not an actor. <laughs> he just it's like Hitchcock. A butt will be walking by Noah Baumbach. In yeah, the, you know, in while in while we're young, mm-hmm. which is his new movie, I think I haven't seen it. But I did see a scene where it's Ben Stiller, and he's taking off his clothes. And Ben Stiller's in really good shape. He so really he's, is. Yeah, he's yeah. 50-ish now, but it means he looks very good. And he turns around, and it's Noah Bombach's butt. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you could tell because of the, the tattoo, I'm Bombach. Yeah. <laughs> Not Ben Stiller. It's a very specific tattoo. Yeah, and— and it's funny, like you get, you understand how he got the reputation. He got the his classic nickname, sure. Noah Bumbach. Yes, right. <laughs> because it's a tight, it's a tight natural it, butt. It is basically a long carnivore art project, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, an NEA art project <laughs> like, to reduce eventually his whole movie making career to shots of his own ass. He, just, he called his agent. He's like, "I've got a script. It's called Kicking and Screaming." I think in 15 years, I might be, 20 years, I might be able to show my butt on screen. (laughs) Hey, agent, I got to squid in the whale. It's great. It's going to be one of the great roles for Jeff Daniels. Oh, man. Oh, and uh, by the way, I think in 12 years, I'm going to be able to show my butt. (laughs) This is the second stepping stone I need. Countdown to butt showing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Okay, so what's the fourth? Are you, I think you've only listed three movies. Yeah, the fourth is something called uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Oh, I think we talked about Santa I and the Ice Cream Bunny. I think we did. Bunny when you were on Bullseye. Yeah. 
It's like a promotional movie for a theme park. Yeah, exactly right. It is something for uh, <laughs> a long dead Disney knockoff called Pirates World in Florida. Um, and yeah, I think somebody just got like a, a camcorder and decided to make a movie at some point. And the premise is that Santa is stranded on a beach in Florida and he can't get out. And they let the guy improv it too. And he's just like 15 minute monologue about how he's so hot and he can't get anywhere without my reindeer. And, um, and then, uh, and then for, these kids come up, try to help him. And he starts telling them a story of Thumbelina, which was some pre-existing bad movie they had <laughs> that took place in Pirate's World. So that's sort of the frame around it. Then you cut back to Santa. I know I'm giving the end of the movie away. Whoa, here, but, yes. Yeah, just, okay, spoiler alert for Santa and the your, ice cream bunny. Turn down your dials if you don't want to know Skip the Skip to ten minutes ahead. He's, he, he finishes the story of Thumbelina and he comes back and, and basically the ice cream bunny of the title finally shows up. And it's just this guy in a horrifying rabbit costume who drives this European-style fire truck <laughs> through Pirate's World with this like... <laughs> And it just sounds like, you know, Berlin is being bombed on all sides. Picks up Santa, and that's it. And that's your movie. And are you, throughout this movie, encouraged to visit Pirate World? No, they don't really sell the Pirate World hmm. either. It's just like, like something that we, yeah. something they did. And, and, and to make it even more complicated, the Thumbelina story has within itself like sort of a story within a story. Basically, it's a girl or a young woman looking at a diorama of Thumbelina and then... And the story being told over the most, uh, the harshest PA system, and then Thumbelina. <laughs> and, and then every now and then you cut to her playing Thumbelina. You know, it's so through the looking glass. I guess there was like, I like layers they, and layers. I like that they built the movie around another movie they had lying around, yeah. which is what I did with my college thesis. <laughs> 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 I just had this paper from another class hey, I you know, took and... So then you you had it, it was it started out with a story of Santa stranded on a beach yeah yes. and talking about uh, diaspora. It's Dude, sort of. I was an American the, studies major. You can do whatever it is the fuck the, it's, you want. Nah. It's the classic essay structure. As Santa long on as a you beach. say diasporas. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm, there's a uh, there's a mystery science episode uh, that's kind of like that. The Merlin Shop of Mystical. Oh Wonders, yeah, that was they great. They clearly just had two weird TV movies and they yep. decided to bridge it with a wizard story. <laughs> Well, yeah, and they and then there was there was a bridge around that too, which was uh, Ernest Borgnine in his dotage oh, years. Oh, right, the bridge. Right, it was sitting it, on a couch with his. With it was his, double buffered. Yeah, it was double buffered, arguably triple buffered. Sure, but Ernest Borgnine sitting with this enormous stomach, yeah. and it was shot in the most unflattering angle. Yeah. Of, uh, sort of reading the Merlin stories to right. his grandchild. How a, how a woman's butt is shot in a Fast and Furious movie. Right. So so is the exactly. angle on Ernest Borgnine's gunt in Somebody. this episode. <laughs> Somebody really loved that thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, ooh, yeah, more mm. gunt. Just travel up. Am guys. I misusing gunt? I don't know what a gunt is. Yeah, oh, it's. I know the. I know the slogan. Got to get a gunt. <laughs> but you don't know what it's advertising. It's, it is an amazingly <laughs> accurate and horrifying word, but it really. It has a snap to it that I yeah. like. So if I'm misusing it, I'm sorry. Is it the same as a taint? <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's... no, it's a little north of that. Yeah. North into the front. Okay, so... <laughs> it's like a front tate. Okay. Yeah. It is It is a port... Not really a portmanteau, but sure. it's like kind of gut and the C word put oh. together. So it's basically the fat 
deposit over that area. Oh, cool. Charming, huh? <laughs> cool. 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 God bless you. It's very cool. So, yeah, guys, it's, it's Board Night talking about Merlin, who then talks about... He talks about this uh, a monkey? cursed toy a cursed monkey. monkey. But they but then they, they found some TV movie from like the late seventies or early eighties that featured that monkey. Sure. They stitched it together. Yeah, it was real and a and a dog dies in it. Oh yeah. You know Oh and, no, doesn't the guy breathe fire on a cat? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean there are some horrible yeah. deaths and, and the little kid is like, Grandpa, stop <laughs> killing dogs. Like, I'm sorry, Timmy. <laughs> guys, I don't want to get all big shot in Hollywood with you guys, Uh-oh. but uh I share an accountant with the late Ernest Borgnine. Oh. Really? Yeah, let's just say that all in right. his later years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did cruises with Ed Asner. Theater cruises. <laughs> sure. The Monsters of Gunt tour. <laughs> and I was talking. <laughs> you want to see guns? <laughs> oh, my God. What an We've got guns, guns, guns. I was sitting Monsters in my accountant's office one day. And he said, oh, you guys did a cruise. And mm-hmm. I said, yes. And he said, oh, we, my wife and I just went on a cruise. And I said, really, what, what kind of cruise was it? And he said, well, one of our clients does a theater cruise, Ernest Borgnine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Wow. So, so what do they actually do on the cruise? Is he like – it's like Does a theater. Do, they have a production does he of do monologues, Blanche Dubois. <laughs> yeah, like they have a production of a of you know, like a yes, maybe a, a Russian play, maybe. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like a realist, like a Russian realist play. Sure. Some check off. That's, some yeah, really, that's what, you want to go really on a cruise. Bleak. You want to load up on shrimp and then see Ernest Borgnine perform the seagull. Yeah. Right. That's what you want. You want I'm to see somebody seagull. introduce a guy <laughs> in the first act and it comes back in the third act. There you go. Yeah. I'm an actress. No, I'm a seagull. <laughs> Yeah. I have a gun. Exclusively, <laughs> exclusive. All the stars are elderly, uh, curmudgeonly guys. Wow. Yeah. Ed Asner still does it. You see, it's one of those things that you see advertisements. You know how in the New Yorker, there's a narrow band of advertisements down the side for about <laughs> twenty pages, two thirds yeah. of the way through. So the advertisements you see are poke boat, uh, high end mental health facilities, and uh, detox facilities, <laughs> and places to jail your troubled teens. <laughs> And I see my future in that column. And, the, <laughs> and Ed Asner Theater Cruises. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Affluent, overeducated rich people go on a, a European river cruise with uh, either Ed Asner or Garrison Keillor. Those are the choices. <laughs> uh, and they have to share their wives with him. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> way. Right. I'm sorry. It's 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 in the contract. <laughs> yes, <laughs> our marriage vows are not valid on the high seas. I, I believe that a little too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, is it easier to write jokes about like a complete train wreck, like the room, or is it easier to do something a kind of well-intentioned failure, i.e., Starship Troopers? I think the latter. Yeah, because because yeah, it's the you know the cliche comedy room putting a hat on a hat. When you see Tommy Wiseau's naked ass, there's not much to add to like the sh- people react to it viscerally. What about something that's dumb but not a total failure? Because riff tracks with riff tracks, you do. You mean you do like a big like an Armageddon type movie? Yeah, you know what I mean like Armageddon is what it is, right? But it's not Starship Troopers. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and those are the worst in a way because the the act three of those movies are always confuso vision and <laughs> just trying to get a toehold on a source of humor besides I have a headache. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> the editing is bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Yeah. It it seems like it seems and also with the room it seems like there are a set of jokes that already go with it from the people who, like, follow the room Yeah, around. there is sort of a Rocky Horror thing that is developed around it, and we are... Throw spoons. Yeah, we're trying damn to... Damn it, Janet. Diplomatically mm-hmm. ask people not to, you know, bean us with spoons during the live Yeah, broadcast. please do not bean <laughs> us with spoons. Although it would make, you know, objectively, it would make a pretty, pretty good live show. Speaking of nerd shit, I <laughs> am surprised that, you know, my life is what it is, and I've made the choices of, that I've made, but I have never been to the Rocky Horror. Really? Yeah. Wow. A Rocky Horror Picture Show. See, now, Rocky Horror Picture Show is is some nerd shit that while I haven't been to it, I could see myself having had been to it. Me too, exactly. Yeah. Because definitely- Wow, that's trippy. Definitely, uh, when it's, that is some uh, art school nerd shit. Sure. Uh, that the people in the art school that I went to mm-hmm. were definitely into. Yeah. Especially, like, gay theater kids. Yeah, it's like a theater club thing. Yeah. Um, when you call it a nerd thing, that's for, that that is uh, a new definition of nerd for me. Yeah, it's a it's a specific kind, right? It's that it's the it's that theater kid. It's the maybe like kid who's been bullied, but they're kind of coming out of their shell in an awkward yeah, way. Yeah. I guess I yeah, that was kind of my my set. Well, I in think you're, I think you're right in that it was one of the early things that people got obsessed with sure. and just like knew, you know, from stem to stern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before, that in Star Wars, <laughs> and now everything else, pretty much. I wonder. I wonder if I is there a reason to go to it now? As a, probably not, but it seems like it's a it's a gap. You know, it seems like if you were going to go to it, you would want to go to a really primo one. Yeah, like I imagine there's one that's really primo at like the Castro Theater in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, the big. I wonder if it's still even. Hype organ comes out of the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. I think once a year, probably. Yeah, do it. don't probably. you think? On probably. Tim Curry's probably. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. On the eve of his death, Tim Curry's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Is he is he dying or dead? He's dying. Oh, yeah. I poisoned him. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Just an, just an ounce of <laughs> nightshade. I will not see Rocky Horror while you are alive. <laughs> I did one of those Russian politician things where I, I put an isotope in his mm. in his morning coffee. <laughs> sure. So he's dying uh, imperceptibly over the course of a there few months. Yeah. Anyway, I would I would see it. Yeah. It's not you know it's it's a little bit silly. It, it'll feel dated, but. Sure. Tim Curry's great in it. Like, great. Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw the movie at Sleepovers, and it's one of those things that is definitely fun for 20 oh, you, minutes. Oh, so you've seen it. You I have seen the movie. I haven't the, been uh, to the thing. Throwing the, the toast yeah, and the rice the, and all yeah. that. I think I saw it when I was like 10 mm-hmm. on video. Yeah. And I remember it being preceded by a long trailer of itself with people <laughs> talking about how many times they'd seen it. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched it, uh, and... I remember thinking, why did those people watch this movie so many yeah. times? I didn't think it was very good. Yeah. <laughs> it does it does feel kind of slow now. Yeah, it's definitely a, after later. the after the a few, you know, really great dance numbers at the top, it just turns yeah. into this weird confusing thing about space people. I also yep. think that the heterosexual 10-year-old may have a limited appreciation of camp. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely possible. Yeah, like I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around why it was good. <laughs> What was good about Why it? Why this was breaking boundaries and you yeah. Know, yeah. teaching people about their identity. Yeah. 
showing and meatloaf. And meatloaf, yeah. It's hard to grasp meatloaf as a 10-year-old. Yeah, it is. Uh, That's something that you literally really got to have some slippery. Gr- yeah, he's right. He's greasy. <laughs> you got to get your little hand around him. And big yeah. ham hock legs. He's a big one. Do you he's guys feel like there's something you missed? You're like, why have I still not done this? Like, it's in my zone. It's in my sphere. All of the show lost. Yeah, never saw it, not sure. even a frame of it. I, I never watched The Sopranos. Yeah, me either. No, never really. Seen. I guess I tried a few. T- you know, Sopranos is one of those shows where I, that and Battlestar Galactica still go into the zone of. I tried to watch them because everyone said they were great, and I fell asleep during the first episode, yeah. and now I just consider them boring. Maybe they're not. <laughs> maybe I stayed up too late. Maybe I. Maybe I. Maybe at the Fatburger Bar, just you know, a sure. too late. I probably shouldn't try and watch prestige television on my phone at the Fatburger Bar. No. Maybe that's <laughs> Jordan. As someone who watched almost of Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. I can tell you, you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And now I'm not saying it's not good. There's like long stretches where it's really good, but it's one of those shows where there's long stretches where it's really good, and other parts where you're like, what? Oh man, now just random shit's happening. Yeah. And and it's just as it, almost as frustrating as it is good. It's not you don't need to worry about. Ditto it. The Wire, which I finally saw after I being disagree. proselytized, <laughs> like that it's good or bad, like all good. I, I I well at the end it sort of isn't as great as it could be. Yeah, but I, people hate season two of The Wire, and it's my favorite one. So yeah, yeah, I love The Wire clean through. Although I will say this about The Wire, I I always feel a little bit weird. About there's like a few sort of cartoony elements of the wire. There are, and I always feel weird when people talk. Like I'm, they're not. They don't. They're not enough to like take me out of the show or like bother me really. I mean, I'm like I always think like, huh, that's the that's the chink in the armor of this amazing perfect thing. But when somebody tells me that it's their favorite part, like they can't stop talking about this is getting really wire specific. <laughs> yeah, brother Muzone. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you were watching a different show than me. Right. <laughs> like I was watching this real and you were just you were watching like New Jack City or something. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh finally we're talking about prestige television on our podcast <laughs> with three white dudes. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? It's filling a real gap. Sure. Let's uh let's make sure to do a Tinder and an Uber chunk after this. Yes, and then right. we can <laughs> really uh we can really drive this home. <laughs> I don't know what I've what I don't know what I've missed. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen some of those Batmans. Some some of them Batmans? Batman, please. I saw one or two of the Batmans, but there's two or three of them. Oh, the Christopher Nolan Batmans? Yeah. I think the second one's the only one you need to see. The other oh, two yeah. are uh, perfectly perfectly entertaining, yeah. entertaining, but uh, the second one is, you know, good because of Heath Ledger and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, etc. I did see that with Heath Ledger was yeah. the number 2. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Batmans. Of the Batmans. <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't seen a Christmas story for a long time, too. That was a, a gap of these, one of those things. You're like, why haven't you seen yeah. it? And, oh, boy, don't watch that as an adult. <laughs> that sucks. Right. <laughs> Straight up sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I've done okay. I wonder, there's things that I did see as a kid that I wonder what it would be like if I watched them now. The chief <laughs> one in my mind is The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Ooh, yeah, I tried that as an adult. Really? Yeah, it was r- rough going. Yeah. Rough going. Uh-huh. I figured I'm, it was, I, lo- I, I probably watched it 12 times as like a nine-year-old. Sure. But I don't, yeah. I don't even think I would have liked that as a nine-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of a dumb nine-year-old. Yeah. Well, I was, I was a very dumb nine-year-old. <laughs> I had a 
injured. They're pretty <laughs> dumb in general. Yeah, I've really, I've really gotten, I've, I really worked hard to get to you where can, I am today. You snapped back. Which is fair. A solid C is what I am today, but I was a real D minus when I was a <laughs> nine-year-old's man. Is there something that you feel like you missed, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I mean, Rocky Horror. Although I feel like it's 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 being a nerd <laughs> staple is not. I don't know. It seems like it it didn't it didn't move with that classic nerd shit like Monty Python and Doctor Who did, yeah. which I guess I consider it one of those like kind of mm-hmm. early nerd staples. I couldn't have less interest in Doctor Who. Yeah, boy. Couldn't have more interest in in Monty Python, though. Yeah, no, I know. I watched Holy Grail recently, and I just fucking laughed straight through the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, all those Monty Python movies hold up. Yeah, that's something, too, where I I, I sometimes, you know, feel like I have to excuse myself from certain nerd conversations. Uh, But I think a good strategy is to steer it back to Monty Python. We all (laughs) like that, right? Come on, come on, come on, everybody. Let's gather around the, the one flame that ignites us all. <laughs> the flame that ignites us all. <laughs> Doctor Who, yeah. Thank you for saying that. It, I feel like I'm going to get you I know, even, I, uh, look, I watched assassinated the, I watched for the that. new Doctor Who, and I could see how people would like it, but I could also see that it wasn't really for me. It feels like – I mean, and I, I, I have also watched a few new Doctor Whos and liked them. And I'm like, oh, that was fun. That was a nice – Thing, although there was some continuity stuff that I clearly didn't understand. But I guess my thing is, and I, I know I'm inviting Twitter abuse, but it just seems – I just want to say, you just like this because it's British, right? This mm. isn't better. It's just British. I don't know. That's me. There's a certain kind of – no, because I think there's a certain appeal that is a similar to the appeal that people get out of Buffy, don't you? Like it's that sure. kind of like combination of – uh, nerd adventure and uh, glibness. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that people like. With occasional big bursts of pathos and, you yeah. know. I, de- I definitely I find. I really care about them. I like. Yeah, right. <laughs> I find despite my joking. Yeah. If someone said to me, if someone said, if I was over, if I was visiting a friend, they said, we're going to watch Doctor Who, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Sure. Buffy, I can't deal with. Foo boy, I think Buffy something. Buffy want to put my face through a window. Boy, something something that really really doesn't help Buffy is that it was uh, <laughs> being an American TV show. They had to make twenty two of those things yeah. per season, yeah. and there are some that are just like, what is going on? Like this is just yeah. And the, but then there, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a couple that I've really really liked, but also some I'm like, what is this? And so, it's you know, like my wife, who is a hundred percent not a nerd, just <laughs> no nerd interests at all. Uh, really likes Buffy, and it has something to do with, like, she had a roommate her freshman year of college, and they couldn't get cable, but her roommate's, like, sister would mail her VHS tapes of the new Buffy's or something, and so they just watched a lot of Buffy together (laughs) in her room her freshman year of college. And Bill, my mom, back home in Orange County, would VHS tape... MST3K on Sci-Fi <laughs> Network and mail it to me at college. And I can we, confirm oh that God. as Jordan's we, former RA. We watched them in my dorm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and yeah. yeah, but you know, I feel like I feel like, ugh, boy. And I'm I'm. <laughs> We're doing a deep dive here on Prestige TV. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Buffy people kind of realize its limitations. Uh-huh. I think the people aren't people like oh yeah you know it's corny and you know blah but you know it's, 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 it was a comfort thing for me as a kid and it showed me a lot about mm-hmm. growing up and you know there are some great episodes of it I know that some of it's cheesy but there were some legitimately great stuff and it was you know something that that helped me through a difficult time in high school I feel like with Doctor Who people insist that it's great it's well it's, and it doesn't have they don't have that I I get it but you know. 
I, I, I've watched, I've watched probably six of them. Yeah, we've done a couple of Doctor Who things on Bullseye, um, and all the people that I have had on Bullseye that were involved in Doctor Who, by the way, were just fucking great. Totally, just totally great <laughs> and charming. And who like, did you wonderful. get? Uh, we had Stephen Moffat on. Oh wow! We had the last Doctor Who. I, we got. I would kill. I would kill to have Peter Capaldi on the show because you couldn't find a bigger Peter oh, Capaldi sure. fan than yeah. me. Yeah. In fact, I should probably be watching Doctor Who since Peter Capaldi is Doctor Who now. Yeah. Only it's not called Doctor I keep Who. Waiting you know what? The Doctor, okay? I get it. <laughs> D-O-C-T-O-R. I got Too it. <laughs> People are typing on Twitter already. One of my first weeks at At Midnight, I wrote something and mentioned Doctor Who. It spelled it D-R-W-H-O. Oh, yeah. It got legit chewed out in a meeting by Hardwick. <laughs> <laughs> Hardwick's for real. You know, I'm. I, yeah, I mean, I've, I guess I've, I've, I, you know, I've watched a couple of the Capaldis and liked them too. And I guess yeah. I like it. I guess, I guess I, I, my, my deal isn't about the show. It's just the proselytizing of the show. Yeah. The like the. It's not for me. I mean, that's the holding and shaking. When I was watching, I was thinking, "This is pretty good," but it's not for me. Yeah, sure. That's how I felt about it. Hmm. I was like, this weird tone. Where everything is sort of real and sort of a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, it's interesting, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything is erasable and redoable because of time. You know? <laughs> yes, because of yeah, <laughs> the most uh, the most liberal universe <laughs> rules in all Absolutely. of fiction. But the wire wasn't happening for you, Bill. No, it actually was for a long time. It's just. Um, as you described whatever you were describing before, I remember like there were these langers in the season two really wasn't too bad for me, although I thought the blue collar dudes were straight out of I don't know what, like a Patty Chayefsky play or something. <laughs> you know, just like let's get a shot in the beer. <laughs> it just that it rang a little false to me. Mm-hmm. Unless unless Baltimore is like the land that time forgot. Um Brother Muzone a little bit that too. Like I felt bad about not liking that character, which was, this was a character who yeah. was like a he was basically like an assassin, but who was a fruit of Islam type guy. Yeah, yeah, who wore a bow tie and you know was immaculately coiffed. Do you remember his bit? He was always sending his flunky to get him like hoppers. Yeah, uh, get get me colliers from and, the newsstand, and he's always reading these sort of Upper West Side liberal magazines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a it was a very Saturday awesome. Evening Post <laughs> on my bed now. Yeah, it seems like a kind of a classic prestige cable. A character with a thing. Yeah, he sure yeah. got a thing. Right. It was a total character yeah. with a thing. And I, I, but I did find the the school year pretty touching. Actually, I liked yeah. that one quite it, a bit. It's pretty raw. It, it's pretty raw. Intense. And then when they got into journalism, it, it left me a little cold. Yeah, journalism made me want to roll my eyes. Right. Basically the whole time. I yeah. mean, I wanted to know what happened to my friends from the television show. Right. But yeah. Yeah, that was rough. There's also similar with Friday Night Lights is also a show where uh, there's just a lot of things about it that are really, really good. And you can just tell that there were points where, like, the network was just like, do this. And they're like, okay. There's the, I don't know. We'll try and do that. There's a very specific point. Do you remember yeah. what it is? Like, it's season two. Um, I guess nobody cares if I spoil. There's that, <laughs> the, the the murder. There's yeah. there's actually like a you know somebody kills somebody thing. Yeah, you and they they sort of just like go under the rug there for season three. You Let's know, pretend it's... that never happened. <laughs> Whoops! I, I, I <laughs> love that show. show almost unabashedly. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, look, I... we're we're done talking about prestige television. Yeah, I think <laughs> we'll be back so. in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go, and we apologize for the preceding twenty five <laughs> minutes of this show. La, 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 la. Taco, the elven magician. Merle High Church here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnsides, the fighter. Did you guys like that? 
Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for the Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. <laughs> you can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's for Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bill Corbett, also in the room. Bill Corbett, comedy legend from Thank Mystery you. Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks. You are kind. The author of Spaceship Dave. <laughs> Is it called? Did I get that right? It wound up being called Dave. Meet Dave, Meet yeah. Dave, which is an awful title. I auditioned for Meet Dave when it was called Starship Dave. Oh my god! And I, rem- you Did know, you read the part of left nipple or something? <laughs> yes, uh, Johnny Testicle. I, don't know. I forget what it was. Judah Freelander was almost literally that. He was like. You know, bowel. Dude. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've, I've not seen the film, uh, but I went in and I noticed. I, I was looking at the sides, the little uh, the mm-hmm. lines they give you to audition with, and I noticed your name on it. And the casting director was a very like, you know, a like if you were central casting a gay guy casting director, this was him. Right, right. And I I came in and I'm like, oh my god, was this written by? Bill Corbett from Mystery Science Theater 3000? And he's like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's a great I – mean, that's a that's a real winning I, – I, I am I, – I, I, look, you're a Hollywood veteran. I don't know how, how much pain was involved in the thing that you cared about creating, turning into a weird, uh, universally reviled Eddie Murphy yeah. movie. <laughs> But uh, hopefully that's far enough in the past for you now oh, that absolutely. you can enjoy what a great credit it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have nothing to complain about. You know, I made good Hollywood money for a little while and sure. that's worth something. But, and it, you know, it was never like a, a work of art even in screenplay form. It was a silly movie. But I, I, I had hoped it would be more like Futurama-ish rather sure. than dumbass Eddie Murphy movie. And he was not the problem. He was fine in it. No, you know, he's great. He's I mean, great. Eddie Murphy yeah. is really good at but, comedy acting. He's a one of the best ever. But not only that, he like gave himself over to the awkward shit in the script and tried to make it work. So like, I think he just had a he had a, a some bad karma coming off that Norbit movie, which was right yeah, before sure. it, and right. deservedly sure. so. I sure. feel like I feel like uh, maybe our friend Matt Belknap, who used to be a script reader. Uh, told me or maybe talked on Never Not Funny one time about reading a script that Eddie and Charlie Murphy wrote that became uh, Meet the Clumps or Norbit. Oh, wow. One of those, one of those at the nadir of uh, the family film work of uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy. And him just saying that it was not screenplay formatted it was like illegible, <laughs> ungrammatical. It was like na- it didn't make napkins sense. stapled together. It just like it might as well green have just light. Been, <laughs> it might as well have just literally been a piece of paper that just said Eddie Murphy will be in this. Turn on the camera; he will be funny. You know, <laughs> and that's, there's a world in which that I think bad of an idea. No, Eddie that's Murphy fine. Is, is that funny? No, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, momentous occasions. Let's say that Eddie Murphy agrees to star in a movie that you've written. 
Uh, that's that would qualify as a momentous occasion. We'd have you call us at two zero six nine eight four four fun. That's two zero six nine eight four four F U N four. God damn it! How come I can't say these words? I've been saying these four words fun. once a week for the past eight years, <laughs> and I can't say these words. Two zero six nine eight four four fun for our segment momentous occasions. Let's take our first call. Hey, Jordan and Jesse. It's Paul from Chicago calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, It's Sunday morning, and I just dropped off my date from last night. We spent the night together at my place, but, of course, did very little sleeping. Uh, It was my first time, and it was fantastic. However, I am three months older than Jesse. Uh, So, to sum up, late bloomer scores bigs. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Oh, P.S. I fucked a dude. Yeah! All right. Fuck the dude. <laughs> Fuck the dude. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Uh, okay, number one. Well, we did start the show off with S-ing a D. I think sure, it's, yeah. It's kind of coming together. It's called the prestige. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> number one, the co- the the potential social... Co- social Sorry, I was late on this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fucked a dude. The potential social complications uh, of this for a uh, guy who grew up gay, I think for a lot of, uh, a lot of gay people, they have uh, sexual experiences later because they have to deal with a lot more complicated shit sure. in their childhoods and teenage years. Like the, <clears throat> the example that has always been the most, the most clear to me, the way of putting it is, I can't remember who said this to me, but it's like, just imagine how lost you are as like a 15 or 16 year old with romance. I remember like you're trying to figure out like what is a date? Sure. What is a person who likes you? Right. How is kissing? What does kissing do? Like where do you put your penis? Yeah. yeah. Like all of those questions are totally open questions. A that... what wrist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like uh, the literal answer that you get out of a book or a sex ed class or your parents or whatever right. probably doesn't even help. Sure. But imagine if it's that plus you're the you're like one of th- Three secret gay people <laughs> in your community of people, yeah. and your parents aren't gay, so they can't help you, even if they supported you, which they may not. So it made me feel like this is a more triumphant story than it might otherwise have been. Mm-hmm. It made it comforted me that it was a dude. He seemed extraordinarily happy. Yeah, and good that's for worth him. A lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and and who's to say that a late in life fuck fe- late in life fuck fest uh, can't be can't be really rewarding. Yeah, it can be. I'm sure it can be in in some ways more fun than a you know, sixteen, eighteen year old fuck fest. I mean, I'm you know maybe this is the start of a monogamous relationship, and it'll have to be a two person fuck fest. But my, I mean, my business at sixteen mm-hmm. was, I, depending on how you look at it, either borderline non functional or excessively hyper functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's uh, I I have a lot more fun with my business now at my age than I did when I was sixteen. Sure, when I could I have a feeling achieve that's orgasm universal. by riding on a bumpy bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you could achieve orgasm by looking at uh, you know Cindy Williams on TV. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Sure, Starship Troopers uh, shower scene. Oh yeah, with a group of buddies. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. 
Way to go. Bravo, dude. That was a very good one. That was one of my favorite occasions in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And at first, at the beginning, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's a little slick. All right. This guy's pretty proud of himself. Sure. You know, this guy's- Congratulations. Way to get it wet. Yeah. Right. This this guy needs to be taken down a notch. But he knew what he had in his back pocket. He brought it out. He showed it to us. And it bowled us over. Sure. Good work, sir. I like that he knows exactly how old you are and that he's three months away from you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty precise. Yeah, very precise. He was born in January of 1980. Sure, he's like, I'm around <laughs> Jesse's age. I am three months older than Jesse. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, good work, sir. Do it again. Yeah. Or if you're that out there. good advice. Yeah, do, I, do it again. I wish that somebody had told me that before now. Yeah. You're, you're just... You've <laughs> only done it the you once. You got one notch on your belt, <laughs> Jesse. How do I have two children? Well, I mean, it's very efficient. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hang tight, guys. Yeah. Your wife saved some of the overflow (laughs) and uh, and put it in your. You guys have cryo tubes at the house, right? Oh yeah, we got a whole set of cryo tubes. You gotta have cryo. That's just for my cryotubic research. Sure. (laughs) Such nice brass. You got a little Steinfeldy in there. Of course, you have cryo tubes. You have cryo tubes. (laughs) A tube. A tube. (laughs) <laughs> a word, a word, a word! <laughs> I'm fixing the cryotubes, Jerry! Oh, I love cryotubes. <laughs> oh, my Let's God. Let's take our next call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. Uh, I'm driving right now, and I just saw a license plate worthy of a momentous occasion. Uh, the license plate was Hot Pop. That's H-O-T-P-O-P which I hope believe uh, belong to some sort of hot father or grandfather. Uh, I don't know if it stacks up with charade, but I quite like it. Uh, thanks, guys. Love the show. They requested hot pop pop. Yeah. Yeah. That was spoken for. Maybe he's a fan of lukewarm soda. Sure, yeah. Oh. Or he could be a popcorn magnate. Yeah. That might have been Orville Redenbacher. Bill, I don't know if you know this, but I'm mm. a bit of a Dr. Pepper nerd. Are you really? And Dr. Pepper was marketed to drink as a hot beverage for a time. I think this is like the 60s. Right. Um, and I've tried it. Uh, not bad. Really? Here's what you do. What, is carbona- what does heat do to carbonation, though? It's basic- so it, it gets weird. So what you do is you leave it open in your fridge overnight. Or uh-huh. I'm not doing this, by it the way, but flat. continue. <laughs> <laughs> You'll certainly do this. You'll do this tomorrow. Uh, okay. You're, look, you're in Hollywood. All right. It's all about the hot Dr. Pepper, isn't it? <laughs> you, you leave it, you let it go flat, and then you heat it up and you serve it with lemon. The okay. lemon is important because otherwise the taste is a little thin. That does not sound bad. Yeah, and you're going to do it tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're all, right. all doing it. Uh, it's like the new kale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's a superfood, right? But let's, let's back up. Heating, was... it up uh, heating it up infuses it with antioxidants. Yeah. Which, this as we know, a momentous occasion for this man. Yeah, like yeah. that was something that meant. You know, a lot we've to him. got a little bit. We're, I think, we're filling a niche right. these days of being the funny license plate guys. We're the go-to guys okay. to call when you. I feel like I get a lot of funny plates on Twitter. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, which I like. I, I like agree it too. It's fun. I don't know that. I don't know that I'm that I want to make it my niche. You right. know, I don't know if yeah, I want to be. You guys Bill, sound like you're convincing yourselves it's a good thing. Bill, you've settled, settled pretty comfortably into your niche. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think our niche should be? Um, 
Wow. I mean, guys, if you like funny license plates, please go all the way with it. No. Right. Don't back down. Direct to movie theaters? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Get Eddie Murphy to star in your funny license plate. <laughs> Eat shame for the next decade. Sure. Follow follow me. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm I am incredibly sensitive um to to being in a rut. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like when I when I get funny plates, and I like the funny plates, but it makes me worried that I'll never achieve anything else and die alone. Now, here's the thing. John. Wow. Yeah. You, you it sends me down big, a pretty intense spiral. You you leapfrogged quite a bit yeah. there. <laughs> here's the thing, Jordan. Um, Jordan Jesse Go is, uh, you know, a podcast of great esteem. Sure. The inspiration for many podcasts that followed mm-hmm. it. Uh, and has a loyal listener base. Can you imagine how popular we would be? If when we did something people liked <laughs> that they wanted it. us to do again, we did it again. Yeah. What could have been? Blowing anyway. my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. God, we could just get on that Jimmy Kimmel apology notes. Sure. Wait, Jimmy Fallon apology notes bandwagon. Yeah. Just if we had a bit. Well, do you think the license plate is that bit for you guys, or has it been tested? And... I don't know. How about this? Can I throw this out there? <clears throat> mm-hmm. There was a guy, on, I think, on the sports talk station that I grew up listening to, KNBR 68, the sports leader. I think on KNBR, one of the DJs, one of the hosts, had been like a morning radio DJ, and his thing when he was a morning radio DJ was he could recognize any car by the honk of the horn over the telephone. So people would call up to the show, honk their car horn, and he would say, um, 78 Dotson. Wow. And they, he would be right. It was crazy. Maybe that should be our thing. <laughs> Identifying and car horns? How long We're going to be that real up? bad at it at first. Like decades of that? Decades of it. Wow. He probably had perfect pitch like Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> like Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah. Like Chevy Chase. I don't know that story. Although maybe we should pitch. go back... You know, we should probably take more of a cue from Fallon. I think you were kind of onto something there. Bill, do you want to redo this episode and we all just play beer pong? Absolutely. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just play fun games with celebs. Sure. You know what? We got Bill Corbett here. All this time, we've been trying to be funny. Maybe we should ab- abandon that and just be fun. <laughs> just seem like nice guys. Little, little joy sells you guys. I don't yeah. think we're good looking People enough. like no. joy. Not good, look- good, no, not good looking enough. And yeah, I think not joyful enough. I think we, you know... Yeah. We too you much know, prestige TV shit. Too much we, prestige TV. All these prestige TV is bumming us out with its anti-heroes. We are so, <laughs> and it's look at the moral gray areas of the world. We're since right. and make 22 Boy. episodes and have a lot of them suck. Sure, some will suck. We're sincerely fanboying out over our comedy hero Bill Corbett today. Sure. So that's something. Should I That's know? A, we got a little bit of Fallon going on. Yeah. We've yeah. been telling Bill Corbett about how great he is and how much we love his work. Thanks, guys. You mentioned those VHS tapes your, tapes your mom used to send. Oh, I was so excited when she would say it would be, yeah, it would be a big padded envelope. It would have a VHS, <laughs> probably have two episodes on it. It was great. Nice. Jordan, remember when Gene got that bootleg VHS tape of all the Tenacious D episodes? Oh, sure. That was a big moment in our college careers. Who boy. I did not know until today that you guys were college pals. Yeah. yeah. And you were the college. RA? I was well. We both ended up being RAs, but I was Jordan's RA his freshman. I'm a year older than Jordan, uh-huh. so I I was a sophomore. He was a freshman on the performing arts hall, which was a real nightmare. 
Uh, <laughs> Why? It had some real bright spots. Yeah. And some real low lights. I guess, it's, you know, there's a lot of kinds of nightmares you can have when you're an RA. There's like yeah. a, you know, behavioral nightmares, drug and alcohol. This was just a lot of like... People singing Les Mis at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep, yep. You got yeah. it. A lot of well-intentioned goobers. Right. Yeah, really. One of whom just needed so many condoms. And I'm like, who is sleeping with you, Dave? Wow. <laughs> who is sleeping with this guy? <laughs> was it your job to provide them? <laughs> yeah, he would just knock on my door for condoms all the time. Wow. Like two a day. And, he, and he'd be like ready. Like he would, it would not he would be, be erect. He, was he would not be stock fully <laughs> erect. <laughs> it would be like a thing where he's like holding up a towel around his waist. He's like, oh man, I need some condoms. Like, who is sleeping with this goober? He was a nice guy, but geez Louise, that guy was getting laid. Wow. Anyway. Goobers get laid. Yeah, it's true. Just goobing around. If you're a goober out there. If you haven't been balls deep in a goober, you haven't lived. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bill Corbett, friend of both of these gentlemen. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. You're my friend, too. Oh, thanks, man. It's just working for both of us. I'm Not glad. Kevin Murphy, though. Oh, no. <laughs> Let Kevin Murphy know that he's a friend of me. Oh. <laughs> You know what? When you guys get together, you're pals, but it can get a little catty. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Mike Nelson, another colleague of uh, the Rift Tracks community, uh, and I recently discovered that we have a mutual enemy. Mm. Crows. How about that? Mike Nelson is also a hater of crows. Very much so, yeah. I'm so delighted. Mike's Mike's such a funny, talented, uh, charming guy. It's nice to have him on my anti-crow team. Yeah, he is. He he loathes them with a white hot passion. There you go. Um, has he had a specific bad experience? Yeah, or just, I think you know doesn't like the cut of their jib. <laughs> Probably that too. Yeah. But when he was in San Diego, he was he was sleepless with a like a whole what are they, a murder a murder of crows. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just keeping him up all night. And he actually did he talk about this with you? He got this little thing where he um, you play like a loop of a tape of a hawk. To try to make them go away, <laughs> and the, yeah, and and it's just like the subtle thing it seems designed exactly for that. That they're like, oh fuck, a hawk is gonna come, but, but then it attracts hawks. The hawks on, keep no, you up, so, and the, up, and the next thing you know, there's a bear eating snakes in your yard. Yeah, can I, right? Can the I whole ecosystem is fucked. <laughs> I want to hear some more of the crows' voices that Bill was just doing. Oh my! We crows a Long Island oh, housewives. I made it sound like the women I used to serve spa lunches to at Lord and Taylor in New York. <laughs> they would make everything like four syllables, even when they were. I love the spa lunch. Every time I every time I visit New York or the East Coast, and I hear someone talking like that, it blows my mind that yeah. that's real. I always, I guess, I just knew that as. A joke voice you did when you were in a Neil Simon play. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, people talk like that. I grew up with that, and I still yeah. feel that way. It's like, really? You don't have to do that, you yeah. know? Coffee, coffee. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> I wish I had a cool regional accent. That'd be so great. I feel like the like three regionalisms that I got from growing up in mm-hmm. Northern California are really not cutting it. What are they? I don't know. All Somebody right. will write in and tell me right now. Yeah. Uh, please don't. You extend your <laughs> Fs. Your Fs. 
Yeah, but you Something know, like I mean, that. like I uh, roughly, Fuh. roughly speaking, outside of saying hella sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like I, I, I don't, you know, it's mostly like a newscaster talk for You're, me. You are America, and I would, I would love if, man, what if I was that guy from Colorado Springs, Van? Oh boy, I was Van from Colorado Springs. Oh, what, Jesse, we what? don't like Van anymore because uh, who do we choose instead of Van? Uh, Christian. Christian. Yeah. Christian is better than Van. <laughs> if I talk like Christian, that would be fun too. That would be great. Oh, yeah. These but are a, some callers. We had a caller who had a cool regional a accent. Colorado Springian accent. Uh, what he is was, that a, he from? He was an Alabama guy yeah. who was moving to Colorado. And uh and yeah, he, you know, he was the he was the song in our hearts for a while, but now uh, he can eat shit. Yeah, because this, <laughs> this other this other guy called this other guy called in from L.A. and uh, he said that he just found out his grandpa's favorite genre of movie was talking dog movies. <laughs> and so, and it's been a new world ever since. <laughs> Sorry, Colorado Springs, Aspen, Aspen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Aspen. You just met a little buzzsaw called colorful immigrant grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking Christian, that guy's the best. Oh, Four man. stars for Christian. Talking dog movies. Do you think we could pay Christian just to come here and hang out? Yeah, well, I mean, he's uh, he's well, he's probably got to finish college first. Right, he's a college student, but he'll be he'll student. be looking for work afterwards. Tell him, right? to, I mean, uh, in, in this bring, job market, bring the list of the talking dog movies. I'm yeah. sure somebody has quantified it at some point. I would like to watch a talking. It's been a while since I've seen a talking dog movie. The last one I can think of is uh, Norm Macdonald as Vampire Dog. What's that? It's it's a thing. They made it last year. Norm MacDonald just, you know, being Norm MacDonald, I'm a vampire and I'm kind of a dog, too. And just... I'd like to watch this now, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crack hard. Is this a... Is, yeah. this, is, so like this is real. A straight-to-video thing? Straight-to-video. I'm speaking, sure. as, speaking as a big fan of the Norm MacDonald vehicle dirty work, mm-hmm. I think I'm on board for whatever movie Norm Oh, Macdonald. yeah. Norm MacDonald is half committed to being... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the film work of Norm MacDonald is uh, he's pretty amazing. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Bill Corbett on the internet, rifftracks.com, R-I-F-F-T-R-A-X. You got it. You can f- look. Let's say let's say you think the Bill Corbett was fun on this show. Here's my recommendations: Number one, go to rifttracks.com. Number two, uh, throw a couple bucks at rifttracks.com and download a couple of cool, hilarious commentaries. Exactly. That you can s- sync up with a film either using a DVD player and a computer or whatever, or using their proprietary technology. Yeah. Pro- I- proprietary digital technology, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I wow, you got through that phrase admirably. I don't think I could. Too bad I can't say momentous occasions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your phone number. Bill Corbett also uh, also has a wonderful Christmas comic book if mm-hmm. you're looking for a Christmas gift uh, just to hang on to for eight months. Tis the season, you guys, eventually. Uh, Bill Corbett writes plays that are produced in the Minneapolis area <laughs> frequently. <laughs> From time to time. So if you're there, you're going to want to go see the new Corbett. There's always one playing. You're going to want to go see the new Corbett. Going to see the new Corbin and have uh, you know fat burger. You're going to want to get out. You're going to want to get out to the movie theater so you can see the Royal Shakespeare's Company's production of Frankenstein. <laughs> have you guys thought about riffing an opera just to like have a Fathom Events kind oh, of wow uh, yeah kind of convergence? I like that. Get Glenn Beck involved. Get Glenn Beck. Yeah. Drum line in the background. Sure. It's a big party. Sure. Big it's, a, party. it's a crisis on infinite earths <laughs> of live theater events. It's going to be fun. Hey, you know what? You know what else you can do? Sure. You know who makes riff tracks? Janet Varney. 
Oh, yeah. That's true. And yeah. along with past guest Cole Stratton, I believe. That's right. I bet those the, are funny. haven't seen them, but I bet they're funny. Yeah. They I've seen the their, real Rift Tracks. They have their, little, their little brand within our yeah. uh, Rift Tracks thing. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They're hilarious. That's just some fun stuff. They're some, better than us. <laughs> some different fun stuff to check out. Uh, some of the coolest dudes around who hate yeah. crows. <laughs> hey, does anyone want to come out, come hang out, and see the room with me? If you're an LA listener, please do. I'm going to come see the the room. Should we, are tracks. we going to do a riff tracks the room? JJ Go casual meetup. Oh, do you want to? It'd be fun. I'd love to. Yeah, oh man, that'd be so fun. We'd be honored. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll put it together when it's coming up. Remind us when it's coming up, the listener. Hmm. <laughs> June, worry. right? Juneish. Yeah. Anyway. Mayish, Mayish, June, sometime in April or I think August. We can make that happen. Yeah. That does sound like my ideal situation to watch the room. So fun. Because I know I'll enjoy it because the Riff Tracks guys will be there. We'll take care and of plus, you. Plus, once in a while, you guys are on tour. Because once in a while, you guys get yeah, the road. We don't really do that so much, but uh, we're going to the Tribeca Film Festival to like try out the room. We're taking that on the road. That's like our opening in New Haven. Oh. Uh, and that's like next week. That'll be fun. Well, that'll already have happened by the time this airs. That is true. <laughs> so get yourself a time machine, Doctor Who style. Sure. Yeah. Wipe the slate clean. Bring it all back. <laughs> doesn't Bill Corbett doesn't like it. He wants more continuity. <laughs> have <laughs> have no stakes because anything could happen. I am old and I'm easily confused. Sure. Do not travel through time, please. Yeah. On the boards this week, the great Lindsay Pavlis. Thank you, Lindsay. By the way, all kinds of new episodes of Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that. So make sure you go to the Maximum Fun YouTube channel and check that shit out. Made them eat some really fun stuff. You can also watch the video of our uh, live show uh, that we did at the end of the Max Fun Drive on our on the Max Fun YouTube channel with uh, John Hodgman and uh, Ross and Carrie from Ono oh Ross and Carrie and Travis McElroy and Dave Holmes. Sure, a real murderers row of uh, awesome people. And uh, our producer is Brian Fernandez. Our music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Yes, they are a real band. Yes, they also licensed that music to a Delta commercial. And yes, we're aware of that. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Hey, how about this? Fun, fun, uh, fun new project. Every time you want to tweet at us about the Delta commercial, don't do that. We know. Yeah. Just, Just send a general tweet about how much you like the show. God, or, yes, thank you. Because we've gotten so we many know. tweets. If there's oh, our yes. theme music being in a commercial, then there are overall tweets about Jordan Jesse Go being good and recommending it to others. Funny license plates only, people. <laughs> yeah, we know about the commercial. Back off on the commercial. Yeah. We'll talk to you if next you time. If you see one that says bump flap. <laughs> anyway. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.